Good morning. Grace and peace to you and welcome to worship this morning at Wrightsley United Methodist Church, the second Sunday of Camp Meeting Month. Camp Meeting Month is a little bit more casual. As you can see, the pastors and uh, musicians aren't wearing robes. We have um, special musicians. We have um, special music that goes with the special musicians. Um, we have testimonies. It's, it's an awesome time. And so we are so glad that you are here worshiping with us. Um, I am super proud and honored to introduce to you some an awesome group of musicians that I get to work with every Sunday night at 6 o'clock at our Sundays at 6 service. This is um, Annie Oak, our worship band, who is um, going to be um, leading our music this morning, but they are, um, they are here every Sunday night. So if you ever um, find yourself worshiping at St. Mattress um, and in the morning and would like to come and, um, and get filled up for your week, then um, we are here. Um, Annie, could you introduce yourself in the band? Hi, I'm Annie Jewell. I know almost every single person here. And this is Justin Lacey. He plays banjo, guitar, and ukulele for our Sunday night service. And David Cannon plays upright bass. Awesome. So we are so glad they're here with us. In case you're wondering, Annie is for Annie, and Oak is for Live Oak Drive. So um, we have a certain... Um, a plethora of announcements um, that are in our insert, and I'll just point out a couple of them to you. Um, first of all, uh, we are having a stockholders dinner for all of those, not uh, not if you invested in like dot-com stocks or Fortune 500, but if you are invested as stockholder in our youth um, that went on mission trips, uh, we invite you to a dinner on Tuesday, August 20th at 6 p.m. Um, that will be a dinner and a presentation um, about the mission work. Um, we also have a summer book club going on. So if you're looking for something to read by the pool or by the beach or on a plane, um, we've got some books for you. Um, this one, this month is actually very short. It's called Fear of the Other. And we're going to be discussing that on Wednesday, August 21st at 6.30 p.m. Um, Child care is available for that on request. And you can sign up um, on the bulletin board right outside here. Uh, we also have a uh, a food drive that we are going to be doing um, that we have started. You may have seen the cart full of goldfish and crackers and all of those things outside. We support Snipes Academy, which is a school with over 99% free and reduced lunch um, right in downtown Wilmington. And so we would love, they are their year-round school, and we would love to bless them with some snacks. Um, y'all know, y'all at the 1115 service, and you know sometimes it's a little hard to pay attention if your stomach is grumbling. Um, but how much more is that true for kids who are food insecure? So we invite you to just bring in some snacks that the teachers can hand out to them. Um, and now I invite you to um, uh, turn to your neighbor, grab that burgundy pew pad, and sign your name and pass it down. And let's get ready to worship God together. Some glad morning when the surface o'er
What a thrill it's been to have Annie Oak leading music uh, throughout the day. And uh, 
remember, they'll be back here at 6 o'clock tonight. They're here every single week uh, leading music at Sundays at 6. If you haven't experienced Sundays at 6, and I see a bunch of you out there who have, and I know you have, um, I know that you love it, and it, it's a fantastic service. Um, I, I certainly encourage anyone, uh, especially those who, who might be away on a Sunday morning and are coming back into town and want to start uh, your week off right with a, with a, a service of worship, uh, come on by Sundays at 6. It's a really, really wonderful experience. Um, so we're continuing our series on prayers of the Bible, and we're, we're actually kind of getting toward the end. Um, we're going to finish this up uh, Labor Day weekend, so um, here we are in the middle of August, just a couple more uh, weeks on this, but um, I hope each week has taught you a new layer about praying, and I hope this will as well. We're in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you. Because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment, notice he's in prison, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we thank you for the gift of prayer, which allows us to communicate with you. Holy God, hear the prayers of our hearts and speak to us once more. Amen. Television reporter was once called upon to cover a coal mine disaster in Pastor Christina's home state of West Virginia. He wrote about it later, saying that the rescue teams came out of the mine and the men, they had soot all over their faces, the lights on, their hats, and one little smudge pot were the only sources of illumination in the night. Worried relatives of the trapped miners were waiting out in the snow, and they all gathered around that smudge pot, and a preacher said, Dear God, let us pray. And they joined hands and began to sing, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer, right? One by one, everyone began singing there in the snow on the mountaintop. The reporter said, it gave me goosebumps. It was so beautiful. I knew this was going to look great on film, on CBS, but our camera was freezing. This was before everything went to digital. The oil in the camera had thickened in the cold, and the film was dragging. So instead of this moving moment or so of prayer and softly falling snow, we were going to have this Charlie Chaplin type kind of funny stiff-legged walking and the, and the voices weren't going to be heard really well. 
So the reporter said, finally, I got the oil warmed by holding the camera against my body. And I went back to the preacher. It's 2.30 in the morning now. And I was finally the personification of CBS television. I had the camera, the film, and I was the only network there. Reverend, I said, I'm from CBS News. Could you please go back through your prayer again? We've got 206 television stations across the country who are going to hear you pray for these minors. The reporter said, what a wonderful feeling it was to be able to say, I'm from CBS News, and I'm going to deliver several million people to you. He said, I felt so powerful. The minister looked at me and said, son, I just can't do that. I've already prayed to my God, and further praying at this time to be on TV would be wrong. No, sir, I just can't do it. He said, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was convinced he didn't hear me. Reverend, I'm from CBS News. To this day, he said, I can still hear the sound of my voice over the mountaintops, down through the canyon. CBS News. My report will be seen in every city in America. Please, Reverend, pray one more time so the people of the United States of America will see what a fine religious community this is and join in your prayer to save these minors. The preacher just looked at me. He was uncomfortable but firm. No, sir, I've already prayed, and that is that. The reporter said, I don't know exactly when the revelation struck. It must have been maybe a year later. I was driving to work one day, and it hit me that that preacher's stand was the greatest demonstration of moral courage I'd ever encountered in my life. The man would not showbiz for Jesus. He would not sell his soul for TV, not even national TV, not even for CBS News. He said, I've thought of that preacher and that night many times since. I don't know where he is now, but if he isn't going to heaven, he said, I don't know who is. We know from our study of Paul's letter to the Philippians and elsewhere in the scripture that prayer was an instrumental part of the life of this servant of God. Paul could have wasted his time in prison pouting and being bitter at God for the circumstances in his life, but he shifted the burden of his imprisonment from his hands to the high and holy hands of God. He knew that if he immersed himself in the presence of God, rather than the present circumstances immersing him, he could discover God's will and God's plan for his life. So let me offer several considerations today about why we should always pray rather than pout, no matter what our circumstances. First, Paul prayed because it allowed him, regardless of the time and place, to focus on God. While faith is certainly a gift from God, it also needs to be cultivated. It requires preparation and taking time to be with God. Prayer prevents that spiritual amnesia from taking place and robbing us of the power that prayer can bring into our sacred journey. The late Dr. David Roberts, a psychotherapist, told a story he read somewhere of a French soldier who had been battling amnesia. His face had been horribly disfigured by a shell blast at the front, and all his identification was blown away. When he recovered from his injuries, there was absolutely no way of telling who this person was. Social services was able to locate three possible families 
around France in different villages that he might belong to. And so they made arrangements for him to visit each of the villages, to visit each of the families and see if there was any recognition from either side. Well, the first two visits ended sadly with no recognition either way. But on the third visit, as the soldier got off the train in his village, he walked down the street, and he took a left, and he took a right, and he started to recognize where he was. And as he increasingly became more certain of that fact, he finally arrived at the cottage where his family lived, and he realized he was home. Well, prayer does that. Prayer helps us to come back home to the will of God in our life. Whether you pray on your knees, whether you pray with your eyes closed, whether you pray as you're driving down the road, there is this marvelous but mysterious power that takes over our lives. Paul prayed in jail, not for the audience of the Roman Empire, but because God always promised to be an audience of one to him, no matter what he was going through. Young boy once scribbled a note to God in Sunday school class. Dear Heavenly Father, where's the best place and best time I can talk to you? Like he's making an appointment or something. The next Sunday, the Sunday school teacher left a note at the little kid's desk that said, Anywhere, anytime, everywhere, every time, I'm ready to listen. Signed, God. This is why Paul took time to pray rather than to pout while he was in prison. Secondly, prayer purifies and hones our motives so we might rediscover the real treasures of doing the work of God. I slipped through channels the other day. Being a man, I like to see what else is on more than I like to see what is actually on. So um, I love that we have guides and we've got the, the show up there in the corner and I can kind of do all that all at once now. But uh, So I'm flipping through the channels and I come across, I don't know, history, discovery, something. It, it was, anyway, it was one of these shows where this crew was looking for a sunken treasure on a boat that had sunk out in the Atlantic Ocean way back in the 16th century, okay? And, you know, nowadays these guys don't just dive into the water and start looking around. They've got this sophisticated sonar equipment, you know, that helps them save time. And anyway, the head of the expedition told how they'd located the boat and how they'd found small pieces of gold and silver, but they couldn't seem to find that big pot of gold that they thought was on this boat. So they went back up for the night to rest and said they would try it one more time in the morning, and then I waited through the commercial break to see what was going to happen. When about noon the next day, one of the divers located the sunken treasure. Parts of the outer coating of the box were stripped by all the years of the pressure on the bottom of the ocean floor. And so by looking in a place that they really weren't suspecting, that's where they found the real treasure. How true that is in life. Our real inner beauty of joy is also discovered when life exerts pressure and attempts to rob us of that joy. When the storms of life are raging, joy is far more valuable than silver or gold. Joy is only discovered in the richness of faith that Christ imparts to those who are filled by his spirit. 
Perhaps St. Francis of Assisi said it best. Let's leave sadness to the devil and his angels. As for us Christians, what can we be but rejoicing and glad? Right? I think that may be the most amazing part of this passage from Paul. I mean, how many of y'all have ever been to prison? Nobody? Okay, I meant to visit. I meant to visit. I'm not talking about spending time there. You know, like in Monopoly, you know, you're just visiting. Um, I've had that privilege many times with my job. Not so much recently. Um, either y'all are living squeaky clean lives or y'all just don't call the preacher when you get in trouble with the law. I don't know what it is. But I've, I've made these visits a lot in my past. And I've got to tell you, every county jail is a little different. But none of them look like where Otis went on the Andy Griffith show, okay? Um, and the state prisons, I've never met a person who was content behind those bars. I've seen people cry a lot. I've seen people who were scared to death. I've seen people who were really, really angry. But I have never met anyone who acted like Paul did when he was in prison. The passion and purpose of Paul's life was found just a little bit later in this first chapter of Philippians when he shares, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. God had a purpose for Paul to be in that prison cell. Paul's motives are purified by the power and purpose of prayer. The evidence that I can offer that Paul practices what he preaches is that instead of writing down a litany of despairs and woe is me's, he writes a letter of joy to the people in Philippi. By the power of prayer, God strips away the power of those prison bars, and Paul rediscovers the real treasure of life, which is serving the Lord no matter where he is. You see, prayer is simply God's gift to the believer to receive a power that we can't generate on our own. That's why we pray. One of the great tragedies in life is for someone not to accept or receive a gift that is given in love and sincerity. But we do it all the time. You know, I mentioned that I was flipping channels on the TV. I do the same thing on the radio. And I don't know who it was, but one of the local radio stations had this guy on the other day sharing one of Aesop's fables. He was, he was a preacher. And I, I like to hear what other guys are saying out there, you know, what other preachers are saying on the radio. And so this guy was sharing one of Aesop's fables about a skylark who lived on earthworms. Have y'all heard this one? Nobody has? Good. Okay, I can tell you for the first time. So he shared that there was a certain fox who wanted to eat the skylark. The fox, having a plan, caught a bunch of earthworms and tempted the skylark with them. Now, when the skylark asked the price of the worms, the fox said, I'll give you one earthworm for one of your wing feathers. After making a bargain one for one, the skylark was full, but he had no more feathers on his wings. The story ends with the statement, here lies a skylark who sold his wings for earthworms. The radio preacher said he believed there are a lot of Christians who've done that. We bargain off our wings for the earthworms of business, education, fame, money. And then we die because we can no longer fly. If we find ourselves pouting a whole lot more rather than praying in life, 
then we have surely traded real, real treasure for a poor substitute. Dr. E. Stanley Jones shares, it has been said that the Reformation was born in Luther's prayer closet. Well, all Reformation, individual or collective, is born in someone's prayer closet. Dr. Jones says, I find myself better or worse as I pray more or less. It works with almost mathematical precision. We find sooner or later that in prayer we either abandon ourselves or we abandon prayer. Prayer will keep us from self-withholding or self-withholding will keep us from prayer. He says, I find God fading out of my life to the degree that prayer fades out. The fading out of the God consciousness is the greatest tragedy and loss that this generation has sustained. Through prayer, we begin to live by his power. Maybe that's the most remarkable thing about Paul. That God never faded out of the life of this servant. Prayer allowed Paul not to focus on his self, but on his Savior. Paul knew that anywhere, anytime, everywhere, every time, God was willing to listen. How about us? Are we going to pray or are we going to pout along our Christian journey? God's ready to listen. Anywhere, anytime, everywhere, every time. Let's go to him now. Holy Lord, we thank you for your grace. Help us not to lean on our own understanding, but in everything acknowledge you so that you can direct our words, our thoughts, and our actions. May we move beyond the hurdles that trip us up and give us strength and wisdom to look beyond our present circumstances and see the hope that we run toward in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.